you show. I am tuned in, tapped in, turned on to who I really am. I am your hostess, the fabulous Doris Burke, founder of the Fat Factor. I am here to help women awaken their fat factor. The woman who has always known she is different, she's called for more, not going to live the normal life, and is going to do what it takes until it takes to create that, all while elevating your life and biz to fully step into the who she is being called to, fully tapping into the unapologetic femininity. Yes, she has the audacity to prioritize the feminine. I am an entrepreneur, a mentor, an author. I love the bling bling, thinking more fabulously bigger and doing it differently where we disrupt the status quo for women. We are rewriting the rules and we are doing it being fabulous, of course. The biggest question is, who are you actually at your core? Who are you and what did you come here to do? See, many women are hiding. They are not willing to let their old selves die. They are quitting on themselves. But to create that vibrational space to step into their new fab you, next level frequency, in order to begin showing up in every area of their lives, in order to find the woman you wish to become, a choice needs to be made. Are you ready to say yes to your soul and become the next level new fab you now? It's going to take some inner determination and strength. But let me tell you, and allow me to be crystal clear here, it takes a lot of courage to release the old and step into your next level fabulousness of truth. When you can get real about who you are and say unapologetically, here is who I am. I think this way. I feel this way. I vibrate this way. I live on this sort of frequency and I show up this way. It is critical to do so if you are truly committed to having it all. A life fully by design and on your terms. In order to shift the old, become the real you, finally break the pattern once and for all. Why? Well, simply, there are still too few women who are giving themselves unapologetic mission to have a seat at the I want it all table. And there are even fewer women who truly own and command their space. You make choices out of guilt or shame or blame. You compromise, you settle, you sacrifice, you continue to sabotage or destroy. This affects everything. Is it any wonder that you don't really let yourself dream that dream anymore? Never mind act on it. <coughs> Excuse me. How do I know all of this? Well, it's because I'm living. And it's the reason I think this must change and it must change now. So what new fab you is all about is letting go of the old that distorted the shadow you, who you thought you had to be. To the new fab you who is fully unleashed in what she says, how she shows up, how she does business, how she does life. She knows what works for her. She backs herself unapologetically. She does it. Why? It is who she is and is what she was born for. She did not come here for normal. So let me ask if you had enough of just playing and you're ready to actually play life the way you know it's meant to be. Make the decision to say goodbye to the old. <clears throat> it is time to stop trying to create a new you around the same old people. Stop trying to create a new you around the same old thinking. Stop trying to create a new you around the same old habits. 
and stop trying to create a new you around the same old departure place. You just gotta say yes. Well, you don't gotta, but you do if you want to change. So be who you really are meant to be, then say yes. Yes to you, yes to your soul, yes to being accountable, and yes to radical responsibility for saying yes to the up level. And as I said earlier, it takes immense courage to be the real you. So enough, enough with hiding your light, enough with being less than, enough with trying to fit in, do it right, enough with saying you're different but not showing it. It is time to give yourself unapologetic permission to be new fab you. The age of the invisible woman is over. And today my fabulous guest is Jill Lubin. So let's bring her on. Hey, Doris. Hi, Doris. How are you? You are fabulous. <laughs> Thank you very much. And third time is a charm. I'm so excited. Me too. Thank you. I'm delighted to be here. Okay, so Jill, my new fab you moment came when I surrendered. I let go of the last remaining bits of worrying about what people thought of me. And I finally asked myself, okay, Doris, what do you want to be in this? Who do you want to be on the other side of this? And I think who do I want to be is one of the most powerful questions that I can ask myself. And that answer to that question guided my thinking, it guided my actions. And I will tell you, it led me to now my own fab lane of impact in the world because I asked myself, who do I want to be? So Jill, do you have a moment that you asked yourself a powerful question to step into your new fab you next level? Well, you know, I remember when my first book came out, and I have four now, and my first book, Guerrilla Publicity, came out, and I received it from the publisher, and I opened that box, and I looked at the book, and part of me just felt um, like a, a not only a sense of accomplishment, but truly an expansion. And then I remember going to a Barnes and Noble, this is all related to that first book, which, you know, is a birthing of something, right? And I remember seeing my face big in the Barnes and Noble store. And as much as I do publicity and help people with that, it was never about me, it was about my clients. And all of a sudden there I was. And and you know, I now know what it feels like to be a chick peek, peek, peeking out, out that egg, you know, when they come and they're born, because that is how I felt. And literally, I felt up leveled. Um, and to me, that was all right, you know, what difference will you make in the world with the work you've been given and the and the skills and talent I've been given. And so that that's for me what popped. I can only probably imagine what that must have felt like, you know, because most of us know what it's like to walk into Barnes and Nobles, but to walk in one and you see yourself has to be like, oh my gosh. And like you said, it isn't so much about you, but it is about you, but it's just you decided to be this woman who wanted to help people with publicity and, you know, promoting themselves. And in that you do, you know, you show up in a very powerful way. And I think that has to be a total game changer um, for the work that you do in the world, right? Well, thank you. Yes. And, um, you know, I have to, in a way, model it. I mean, I guess you don't have to. I know plenty of PR people who don't and are behind. But the truth is, once I had a book, I also had to be in front. And, and as a leader, as a speaker, as a trainer, as a teacher, 
I'm in front and I'm leading the pack who now are messengers also. And for me, that's a true blessing is, is uh, being a messenger of messengers. And, and I, I, I take that seriously and, and it delights me and it excites me and it scares me all the above. <laughs> I mean, well, that's, you know, publicity is a huge responsibility because it really is bringing people to the forefront um, so people can know who they are, know if they want to work with them. And so can you kind of tell us what even got you to the point to write that first book? Mm. So actually, that was purely a uh, being picked piece, because actually, uh, I had so one of the things I help people do is actually get major book deals. And that's a lot of fun. And then uh, I got tapped on the shoulder by an agent who represented J. Conrad Levinson, which is the Gorilla brand that people may be very familiar with, uh, the Gorilla brand of books. And they, listen, they've sold over a million books at this point. Uh, he wanted someone to write one on publicity. So Gorilla Publicity was born. I mean, I had the skill set, obviously. And and uh, that book just, it really was a, you know, tap, tap on the shoulder kind of thing. You're going to write it. And that was, that was wonderful. That was really the start of, of my, shall we say, publishing career. And then the good news is once I had one book done, and of course, I know how to do publicity, that helped. And my publisher asked me what every author wants to hear besides, would you like to be on Oprah? That's my other favorite question. <laughs> but um, at that time, the, the big question was, you know, what's your next book? And so that that was beautiful. Okay, so as you're sharing all this, this what this really takes it back to, and one of the things I'm always talking about with my clients is that, for them to tap you on the shoulder, so to speak, um, to even write the publicity thing, you had to have already been showing up in in the in the marketplace as Jill Lubin, who helps people with publicity, right? You had to be already shining your light on yourself and helping people. And I'm always telling people, however anybody finds you, is that you do have to show up. You cannot be invisible. Absolutely. And yes, I had been speaking. Um, not as much as I spoke, you know, once the book was done and afterwards, but certainly, yes, I've been speaking. I actually see this is the thing about relationships, collaborations, um, because the agent who had tapped me on the shoulder to do this, we had presented together at book festivals, right? And so he was always the literary agent who spoke, and I was one of the publicity people who gave people great, great ways to get themselves out there. Yes. So, um, yes, I started that. And, and initially it was to create more prospects for my own business because what I know about speaking and publicity is that it's a great way to drive prospects to your business and get a, a wider circle of relationships. And, and that agent, you know, became my agent. That agent has been a, you know, 24 year friend uh, and colleague. And that's amazing. And a referral partner and so many things. So, you know, I think it is important that one looks for uh, number one, expanding and widening your circle, making sure that uh, you are reaching out and it's not an insular world you live in because we can't. And the truth is it is all about collaboration, connections, resources, and helping others. Yeah, and I think that's the most powerful thing. And for any 
everybody in business, especially women, to understand that. I find, and I would love to know your insight about it, is that I do find women are shy, for lack of the better word, in making those kind of collaborations and connections. Like, can they really do it? Can they really put themselves out there? Can they, you know, what, you know, what will people think about me always seems to come up in a lot of people's minds. Um, So they, they sort of shy away, even though they want certain things, but they sort of shy away from stuff um, because they don't make the real connections. They don't really make the real collaborations. They don't really put themselves in the front of the people. Do you find that amongst women more so than men? Um, Do you, because I think you work with both, right? Women and men. I do work with both. I think I think women are more, con, uh, well, shall I say, conditioned to nurture, um, and men are conditioned. Listen, when I work with men and I hear how their bios sound and how they speak themselves, it's usually far stronger and more powerful than any of the women I work with. Women tend to diminish themselves more. They tell so much of the truth that they make themselves not quite as front and center, whereas men just have this way, even if they've done almost nothing, of making themselves look big. And I, I, I've decided that that's somewhat of a, what would I call it, uh, you know, built-in mechanism uh, for men somehow that they they don't even need to be trained, but they just know how to do this. Women more need to be trained how to promote themselves, what to say. They need a, a higher level of confidence that they can speak out who they are and their fabulousness, right? Um, so that's just generally what I've noticed, that women need more training. I, I just, I don't know what it is about us, but, uh, and then sometimes when we're like that, we scare the men, truthfully. Um, and that's probably okay. I, you know, men need to adjust to uh, women knowing how to do this, being good promoters. And it is amazing to me, really consistently, that men just somehow know how to do this, somehow have it in their bones and our condition. But I, I love the, you know, women coming up to themselves meaning elevating themselves and becoming who they truly are and speaking well. But I often will correct women in the language, some of the language they use. You know, they'll talk about their little business. I have a little business or I'm just, you know, they would use certain uh, words that are diminishing. Oh, my gosh, girl. Just, yes. <laughs> I, I was just having a conversation with a couple of women um, last week. Um, and they prefaced everything before they said what they really wanted to say they prefaced it with this thing and it was diminishing it and I'm just and they don't even know they're saying it. it's just so conditioned to just diminish who they really are what they want and I'm just like this is you know I think this is the age of the woman right now that we are in and for women to step into you know this level of feminine leadership that I talk about and stuff in standing up you know getting the publicity they need, writing, you know, books, telling their stories or, you know, shining the spotlight on what they do um, is so crucial. And somebody like you who is in the space to support people in elevating them to really be on a pedestal, so to speak, is crucial for women to do bigger things, right? Make bigger impact. 
Well, big time. And, you know, it's okay to get help. And it's okay not to be superwoman that I think we're also somewhat conditioned to be, that women need to understand uh, that you need coaches, you need trainers, you need mentors, you get educated. That's all good. Meaning, you know, lots of personal development and business education. Listen, when I started my business, I had no idea what a P&L was, how to manage it, right? I, I wasn't trained in financial education. I had to get educated. I still, of course, you know, have bookkeepers and CPAs, people who are professional in their field. So, you know, know that you have a certain talent and know you should not be doing all the rest of it, you know, and that includes admin stuff, that includes housekeeping, you know, free up your time and, and get to get to work on truly your talent and skill and opportunity to serve the world in the way that you can as, as a woman, as a person who's out in the world. And I think that makes a huge difference. Yeah, you know, when I left the corporate space, um, I went into direct sales. And so I had been in the corporate arena about 15, 16 years and uh, went in direct sales with Mary Kay Cosmetics. And I will have to tell you, it was such a, an awakening moment because what I believe was planted in Mary Kay Ash to create the company was so much more than just creating a cosmetic and skincare company. It was really to get women to understand who they really could be. So when you talked about getting, you know, help somebody clean your house, um, even in Mary Kay's book that she wrote, um, it stated, you know, for and it was always the communication just as a consultant, just a plain old beauty consultant, not going up the levels, just a consultant because consultants can make as much money as they wanted to make if they put themselves out there. But they were to get someone to, to clean their home. And I just thought how brilliant that was at that level to start embracing women to to get support, to, to have help. And like you were saying earlier, women need to invest in themselves and get coaches and trainers and people to help them and not try to be superwoman because you will never get to do what you really want to do if you're trying to do it all. Right, right. And so this is the point is, is what help do you need? Just look, you know, and that includes cleaning the house, uh, errands, you know, uh, all the stuff that takes, frankly, a lot of time. That was really a, a major freedom for me uh, just in my life was, wow, you know, if, if I pay someone to do certain errands, cleaning the house, that frees me up to earn frankly, at least four to five more times what I would be paying them, get the help you need. And and I'm just amazed how many very smart women still don't, let's say, even have an assistant, a virtual assistant, as an example, a, uh, you know, someone to support them admin wise, um, financially wise, a bookkeeper, really start giving away the things you don't love. I mean, I, I don't love bookkeeping. It, I don't love that stuff. I own it. I review it. But I certainly can't, I just can't, I'll just say that, do it per se. That's not my skill set. But boy, my bookkeeper, she loves it. <laughs> yeah, I think that's great. You know, my whole thing, even when I set out, and I always am surprised um, to talk to women who are supposedly in business, um, who, who don't think that far ahead. I mean, even to the point of uh, legalizing their business, um, you know, they don't think that far ahead. They don't even have a business checking account. Um, 
And, you know, one of the things from the beginning, even when I didn't even know how I was going to do it, was I just knew I was having some kind of global brand and I need to reach women all over the world when I set out on this coaching thing. And that was just my whole big viewpoint. And um, I was everything just takes me there. And so I'm so glad you even said that so people can constantly I think women need to constantly hear these these stages. They need to um, look at themselves as business women owning an organization, um, being the CEO of their company. I even remember uh, when, even for myself, which is so shocking, some of the things that I even have to go through and I'm like, oh, I have to own that. You know, yes, I am a CEO of this enterprise that I'm creating, you know, um, and it's like, yeah, that's what I'm always about, the unapologetic permission. I love that. And, you know, not only being a woman, but honestly, entrepreneurship. It all is unique. It has its challenges. And that's why people like you are here and, and me are here to help along that journey to sort it out and to create that, in my case, visibility, right? in your case, clarity. And I, I just, I think it's so important. And we all need help at different stages in different evolutions. Um, so I always have you know, people helping me on, at coaching levels, at mentorship levels, at educational levels, and I stay, I stay in the game. You know, I'll never forget, Doris, I was uh, actually training in a room speaking, and in the back of the room was Jack Canfield of Chicken Soup for the Soul fame. You know, he had spoken the day before, and there he was in my room taking notes. And I just, first of all, I was very touched by that. And second of all, what I realized is Jack, you know, has always said he's a constant learner. He's always educating himself. I mean, isn't that a beautiful thing, right? Always stay open, stay stay focused. You're right. And I think that's a great reminder for people, no matter how big you get in the space, you always have room to learn and you can learn from anybody. There's something somebody's going to say that you can learn something for. I think that's so cool. Um, so, you have four books. Um, so what's book two, three, and four? So first one was Guerrilla Publicity, and then came Networking Magic. And then after that came Get Notice, Get Referrals. And my fourth book is The Profit of Kindness. And uh, that's about using kindness in the marketplace. I love everyone like my babe, like my own children. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so talking about kindness. Oh, my goodness. This is definitely a year where people need to remember kindness. Uh, yeah. And you know, what's been so interesting, um, when the book came out, the reason I got on Fox News and multiple media was because I found the right message, which is always what I'm preaching to others. And you know what that was? The divided states of America. And that is what we are. And the truth is, we need to be kind to each other. It doesn't matter, you know, what you believe, what your politics are. Kindness is the, you know, the overarching uh, piece that will, that will help everyone, no matter what's going on in the world. So yes, we need kindness more than ever. Please be a stand for it in your own lives. Oh, my gosh, you know, I, it's, it's, it's so insightful to think that you would have to remind people to be kind um, in, in the marketplace and just in the world, just in general. Um, 
Well, I'm so glad you wrote a book about it and how well, to do it in business. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. And and um, it's definitely caught fire in a good way. And I've been very blessed to be in Inc. Magazine and Forbes and all kinds of wonderful TV and media. Um, and so and part of that is because kindness is so needed. Right. And one thing I'm really big on Doris is, you know, people say practice a random act of kindness. And I say practice a conscious act of kindness every mm. single day. Do something kind every single day that, uh, you know, and nobody has to know about it. it could be as simple as a smile, hold open the door, whatever it is, please be kinder. Yes, absolutely. So we're almost coming to the close. What is a closing thought? What else um, to share um, that you think would be really powerful in the publicity space? So a couple things. One is the message that you have is really what's most important uh, for all of you. Like, what's your message? And focus on the problem out there. Don't focus on what you do. And then be willing to um, give people real solutions. Tell them what to do. That's a great way to create a powerful message uh, and use a lot of you language. That's really a key. But really, what I just really want to remind people of is that your message matters. Your message matters. So let's get it clear. Be willing to be loud and excited and fabulous about it, like Doris models so beautifully. And and you be excited about it because, frankly, if you're not, how can we be? So just keep looking at what's that piece of message that lights you up, that you're willing to go out and wave the flag about, and that's where we want to zoom into. Oh, my gosh, Jill. Thank you. I mean, those were great tips. I feel like you're the celebrity of publicity because um, all the things you have done, all the accomplishments you have made, and you are such a beautiful spirit. Um, so thank you for being on the show. Thank you, Doris, for having me. I'm right back at you. <laughs> thank you. Okay, everyone, we will have all the ways to reach Jill in her fabulous world uh, of publicity on um all of when we post it live and everything. So Jill, uh, again, thank you. And everybody, thanks for being a part of today. Thank you for joining me for this episode of the new Fabu show. If you enjoyed the show, make sure you subscribe so you automatically get new shows every week. And I will love it if you would leave us a review. We are on Apple Podcasts at newfabushowpodcast.com. I would love to hear from you. Come join the conversation online. You will mostly find me on Facebook and Instagram, but also on LinkedIn. Just head to newfabushowpodcast.com and you will find full episodes all there. And you can find out my why at thefabfactor.com. The New Fabu Show is the elevated, unapologetic permission conversation for women leaders. And I am honored you tuned in.